Hey, welcome back to Mike's Hybrid Radio. I am your host, and happy Friday the 13th to those of you who celebrate, like myself. Now, back in January, on the last Friday the 13th, I did a live stream interview with Jason Morgan, host of Patriot Prime Reviews. You can go back and watch that entire interview as it happened live and in real time as a live stream video over on my YouTube channel. Now, I had intended to put this up as a bonus episode months ago. Now, as uh, you might recall, I, I did put up a podcast with the meat and excerpts from my live stream with Jason, but it wasn't the entirety of the show. And like I said, I, I had intended to put this, that what you're going to hear today as a bonus. But, you know, um, sometimes things come back around and now we have another Friday the 13th here and it's in October and it's just in time for TFCon. Uh, that's right. Next weekend, TFCon Orlando is finally happening after being one of the first casualties of COVID back in 2020. TFCon will take place at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel Orlando at SeaWorld in Orlando, Florida, October 20th through the 22nd. Man, that is a handful. Doubletree by Hilton Hotel Orlando at SeaWorld. Very specific, but I am super excited to be going to this convention. Um, I'm going to connect with my good friend, Anthony Brucali, tfu.info. He lives in Orlando, and I think it's great that we're finally able to actually meet up in person. And that's one of my favorite things about being in this fandom is, you know, you have Twitter friends and Facebook friends and online friends. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a special delight when you actually get to meet them in person. And uh, Ant has been such a, a very good friend to me these last few years. So I'm, I'm really excited to uh, be able to uh, uh, kick it in person. Um, but I am also going to be able to kick it with Jay Soups and Optimal Omega, my friends in the APDC fandom. And reading that out loud, I realize I do have friends that have real names, but, um, uh, but that's uh, th that's one of the fun of uh, of being in a transforming robot fandom. Um, but I I am also stoked uh, to get my Transformers the movie poster autographed by Victor Caroli, the iconic narrator of the show and the movie. And there's a ton of great panels and other activities happening all weekend, including a YouTuber panel hosted by our guest Patriot Prime himself called How Plastic Robots Still Unite Us, featuring several other great content creators. That's a lot of fun. That panel is going to be uh, at Sunday at 2 p.m. I'm going to make sure and uh, be there and be supportive. And it's, um, you know, I'm just excited to be going to another TFCon. It's been a few um, and it's always a great fun time. And from what I understand, that this feels like it's a different mix of folks, uh, folks uh, not going to the show for um, a, a variety of many valid reasons. Uh, but it also feels like there, there's uh, due to the geography, there's folks that haven't been to TFCon before that are going as well. So it's um, it, it's going to be neat to have some different people and some uh, uh, some regular friends I've connected with. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to really talk about it here on Mike Seibert Radio as much, but I am super stoked uh, to be heading to uh, TFCon Orlando. So 
As for this episode, what you're going to hear here, this is a bonus episode um, and uh, focusing primarily on our discussion about the Friday the 13th uh, franchise, of course, given the day of it. But but this episode here is filled with goodies and bits that didn't quite make it into the podcast that I put out back in January. Now, again, you could go back to that episode uh, back from January to hear me talk to Patriot Prime about um, all kinds of cool stuff like, you know, advice he has for content creators and, you know, kind of some of his fandom origins. It's a really great conversation. And now that it's been over half a year, if you haven't heard it now would be a great time to go back and check it out because it, it was a lot of fun but there's a there's some great stuff here for you as well uh including our conversation about the friday the 13th franchise like i mentioned but also as an added bonus just to just to kind of fatten up this episode to like full length um because i i'm sure it's not going to be until well after tfcon that i'm able to do another episode of mike cybert radio so i wanted to i wanted to leave you something uh, uh good and thick uh, so you have a substantive uh, podcast meal. But um, but as an added bonus, uh, Jason has given me permission to share with you the audio uh, from my appearance on Patriot Prime Reviews presents the sit rep. That's his live stream show um, that, you know, it's it's an interview show. Uh, he talks to all kinds of folks in the fandom. Um, that was that was a ton of fun. Uh, you should go uh, check that out along with his other terrific videos. Uh, be sure and subscribe to Patriot Prime Reviews on YouTube. There's a link in the show notes in case you're having trouble finding it. But for now, let's just get right into it. We're just going to jump right into it with some legislation about our choice of sodas. I, I don't know. I, I think that that we as a society are so divided on so many things and um, I, I know I know we are a tribal people, but I, I think because, so, you know, it's like you, you're Coke or Pepsi. I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot of folks that like Coke and Pepsi. Uh, so maybe maybe my analogy is starting to fall apart. But but it, it just Mountain Dew or Mellow Yeller. <laughs> See, ironically enough, I like both Mountain Dew and Mellow Yellow because they. I had to quit drinking. This this is water. It, it, you yeah. used to be on my shows. They always could. Uh, I'd always have a Mike's Hard Lemonade or something. Spring water in my yeah. whatever the hell is things called. <laughs> it was a gift. Yeti yeah. cup. I gotcha. Oh, I do have a uh, kind of inside joke for the last couple weeks. I have a metal straw now, so I can bang on my fingers to tell ah, if yes. good quality or not. <laughs> Plastic quality. <laughs> I had no idea what the hell that was about, and I had to look it up. And I remember looking it up. I know I had this face. I mean, what's in a name, right? Um, so in this next clip, we talk about the legacy of the character of Mandroid and how that ties back into a super obscure movie from back in the day that I was convinced I was the only one who remembered it. Um, we we talked about, you know, you already talked about what, what your first experience with Transformers was. We talked about the... Um, uh, we talked about the Marvel comics. Um, I forget when you, when you were talking about the, your experience, uh, with the show, um, uh, what, what was the first episode you watched? Ultimate doom. That's right. That's right. That was on me. I know you had said it, but I had forgotten what, uh, what it was. Um, that's the one that confused me because he got Dr. Archiville in that show. And then, okay. You never saw him again. He just shows up in that episode. Yep. And he shows up in the, uh, 
I forget the name of it, where he gets turned into more of a cyborg and he's just gone. I was like, where the hell did that guy come from? But yeah. He, he, yeah. And you talk about a, a character that had potential to come back and they just, they just never did. I, I, I wonder if any of our uh, fan fiction friends have, uh, have done anything with him uh, uh, further, uh, further than that. Um, so yeah. So like, okay, let's, I, I like this one. Um, oh my God. I just realized what you got earth spark. That dude, the human with the robot, that's their Dr. Arkerville. They're spinning off on that. I'll be goddamn because he, ha- he has a robot arm as well. Uh, the Mandroid. Yes. Uh, a name stolen from a 90s sci-fi movie. Yes. Yeah, John yeah, Mandroid. Remember? Uh, Eliminators. Eliminators. Yeah, yeah. Uh, early uh, early Denise Crosby vehicle. In yeah, that. you got to see some she, side boob. She, I, I was going to say, she, she, has a, <laughs> she has a damp t-shirt in that movie. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I remember that movie very vividly because like the, the visual of this, this cyborg dude on tank treads yep. and like the, the laser eye and the robot arm for some reason that really imprinted on my imagination. Um, a buddy of mine got uh, uh, found it on Blu-ray and it's, and it's in a, a two pack with uh, I, I think it's a shout factory, but it, it's in a two pack with dungeon master, dragon master, something like that. Some, some shitty uh, uh, low rent B movie, but, um, but that Blu-ray actually looks pretty sharp and pretty clean. And yeah, that, that, that side boob is in crystal clarity. Um, Rewind. Yeah, no doubt. But it's uh and, and it's weird though, because like you go back and watch the movie and you realize that it's, it had to have been uncomfortable, uncomfortable for the actor because basically the actor is just laying down on the tank treads, the sled essentially. And he's just pushing himself up. Like, like he's Ariel, the little mermaid. It does, it does not look comfortable at all, but like it looked so, uh, so awesome. You know, when, when I was a kid, I was just like, yeah, the freaking mandroid. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy on that. So yeah, you so know, the show derails. When a million years would you think a show about Transformers and Friday Thirteenth would lead into the Eliminators from yeah. nineteen ninety whatever? Talking about <laughs> Mandroid, Mandroid, Mandroid. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So now, knowing that Patriot Prime is a combat veteran as well as a Transformers fan, I had to ask him about that other Hasbro franchise, you know, the one about the real American hero, you know, and, and, and a side, um, side tangent. Cause like, you know, there, there, there are a lot of, uh, you know, uh, brands and IP that that's connected to transformers, either tangentially or not. Um, are you a GI Joe guy? In a way, I mean, I've got all the episodes on DVD and I have all the graphic novels of the Marvel comic series. I never collected the figures, but my brother did. He okay. is a G.I. Joe fanatic out the wazoo. He, he's a he's like me, but with G.I. Joe's. OK, I got gotcha. you because, yeah, it, it was kind of interesting because like I I I know folks uh, who have served that are really into G.I. Joe. And I've I've talked to just as many that's like, yeah, no, that 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 that's a cartoon, you know, and, and are just like put off by like the the whole notion of a of a um, 
superhero uh, aesthetic military action force, which just odd but i, I, will I, argue I turn to this the day the gi joe the movie has the best animated intro of any movie ever made yeah i i i, I will gladly co-sign I've, I've had transform oh you're a transformer fan i was like yes but that's still the best i mean that's a whole story right there with yep. an amazing song that for some reason they never made without the sound effects in it you can you cannot find that song without all the sound effects in it Oh, I've, I've tried. I think I've got one. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can send you a link. Because uh, I know you can get the instrumental version. Oh, that, that's what I'm thinking. I'm Sorry. talking about the one with the singing without all the explosions and stuff. Uh-huh. I don't think they, they got one. I, I don't think so. I, I think you're right. Because, yeah, you can find an instrumental version of, you know, the music. Because, like, I, I, I use that in my Toy Hacks Gartan review. I, Dimmed it down. I said, they're going to bust. I'm going to get copyright on this, but I never did. So that's awesome. I, I love that. And, and it's so it, it's, it's catchy. I love that version of the song too. It's, it's, it, it's great, but and yeah. You're, shot, so it was not shot. Well, it's animated so well with the, you know, you're looking up and there comes the paratroopers and the camera lens. He's punching it. So I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I've, I've said in a number of different <laughs> places for me, that intro is the finest distillation of everything that's awesome about G.I. Joe in one brief animated sequence. Because, it, it, as you said, it gives you a complete story, but it also gives all of the characters something to do. And the action is just so kinetic. Like, you know, it's like you go from, like, you know, Alpine to... Uh, uh, to Snake Eyes, to the action on the ground with Bazooka. He trips over, he shoots the rocket, it blows Shipwreck's uh, uh, hat off, and it, and it, and it downs the uh, 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 the Moray boats. And it's just, it, it's just, I, I love that kinetic energy where, like, everything is sequential and, like, connects back uh, to everything. And, and then you go from that intro into the movie, and it's Cobra Law and all this weird shit. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then the movie starts. That's like, like I, a, what other movie? Ghost Ship. Ghost oh, Ship. Sure. One of the best intros ever. Oh. Horror movie. What? Mm. And then the rest oh, of the good. movie sucks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent agree. So, like, uh, they uh, uh, they put out a, a Fathom event screening of GI Joe the movie last year, and I went with a buddy of mine, and um, he had he hadn't seen the movie for a while. I hadn't seen the movie for a while, uh, but he he remembered the opening, and so the the <clears throat> opening sequence happens, and I made a joke. I'm like, well. I got everything I need. I can leave now <laughs> because like I, you know, I got to see it on the big screen and, and that that's what made that screening kind of special too, because like, as, as the story goes, you know, um, GI Joe, the movie was supposed to come out first, mm -hmm. but, but they ran into production delays and then they, they messed around with, well, Hey, we want to kill this, uh, this Duke character off. Well, well, how about we kill off Optimus Prime first? Let, let's try that. Let's test the waters and see how that goes. Well, we saw how it went, and G.I. Joe went straight to uh, straight to video. But it, it was cool to, after 35 years, to actually see G.I. Joe the movie in a movie theater as as it had been intended to from uh, from the start. So there, there was just something uh, uh, just kind of neat, um, neat and fun about that. 
So I ended up asking a variety of open-ended Transformers questions during our interview, but but deeper into the conversation, I didn't phrase one of the questions very well. Totally on me. Uh, it was it was just. The, the way I phrased it. But even so, I actually really liked where this conversation went, um, but it just didn't quite have a home in the context of the original interview. Yeah, we, we talked about characters, but like if, um, if you could meet any character from any show, who would it be? Any character from any show. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a lot of shows. There's a lot of characters. Like who would be cool to have a beer with? I, I guess. Bro. Yeah. He's no, no fancy character, but Mike, Mike Rowe would be cool to hang with. Mythbusters, they'd be cool to hang out with. Man. That's a good one. Good Lord. Yeah. That's like, he'd be cool to hang out. With. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You take you into a, a shadowy world that is not our own. Too funny, man. James Bond. Uh, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. You're looking over your shoulder. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, let's God, see. That's a hard question. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's almost too broad. Yeah, I almost need to narrow it down. But you look how many characters, especially back when we grew up in the eighties, how many characters we had just bombarding us. I mean, immediately as soon as I think of eighties, Magnum PI, the A Team, yep. Airwolf, Hunter. I mean, just all these you just grew up with these guys. Mm-hmm. I look back in the nineties, all I'm thinking of sitcoms. That's oh, all yeah. I remember <laughs> in the nineties from. Now, like I said earlier at the beginning of the episode here, we originally did this live stream interview on the night of Friday the 13th back in January. And we knew that at the time and we had actually planned for it. Um, he's a huge fan of the Friday the 13th franchise. I am as well. I, I'm mostly a retired horror hound. I think contemporary horror is a little too... Uh, graphic and gory for my taste, but I I have a huge amount of nostalgia and a soft spot for Friday the Thirteenth specifically. I like the the cartoonish throwback nature of it, and um, so I thought it would be fun for us to take time out of our Transformers discussion to talk about everyone's favorite hockey mask wearing, machete wielding horror movie slasher icon. Jason Voorhees, and we start with the personal connection that Patriot Prime shares with that iconic character. I was born on Friday the 13th, and my name is Jason. It's his birthday. His name is Jason. <laughs> I don't think that's the line, but Kill him, mommy. Yeah. Kill her. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so um you're a, you're a huge fan of of the uh, franchise. Uh, I am as well. It is. I I am not a horror hound per se. I I called myself retired. Like I was. Uh, I was huge into schlocky VHS horror movies in the eighties. My uh, some of my most cherished memories with my grandmother was like on 
Friday nights, she would go to the video store and we would get like this stack of tapes of just like the schlockiest, uh, awful stuff. I mean, we were talking like, you know, soul survivor and brain damage and, you know, just like blood diner and all, 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 all this, all the. You went for the C stuff. You didn't even do B movies. You went straight to C. Exactly. My first apartment didn't have cable or satellite, but it had a video rental store two miles away. And like you, I was just renting everything, just schlocky crap and just enjoying it. Just sit down with popcorn, a pizza, watches a full moon entertainment. Remember all those VHS movies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I have discovered in my travels that... Folks that are into Transformers somehow also seem to have a bit of a Friday the 13th fandom. Like, and and I thought that I was the only one. <laughs> Turns out I'm not. I, I've since encountered at least a half dozen folks also that are um, Jason fans along with uh with being Transformers fans. Um Yes, nerdy tangent syndrome. That that is consult your physician. It's it is it is a real affliction. I think that we just but, all this stuff came out at that impressionable age of the early 80s. I mean, we got hit with you know the Transformers in 84, the Terminator in 84, we had Robocop in 86. Yeah. Um, I mean, just these icons hit. I'm not sure when I never I got no problem with i kind of enjoyed the movies i never was a freddy fan i always loved jason i just thought it was so cool and i don't don't know i just i think those came out and they just hit that sweet spot the early 80s i mean you think about some of the best movies best cartoons everything early 80s Mm -hmm. yeah i i think it's as simple as that you know and just the simple iconography of the of the of the hockey mask and um I, I promised you I was going to tell this story on the air, but like I uh, right before I jumped on with you, uh, I ran into my boss and he was asking me, hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I'm doing a live stream with a a Transformers YouTube reviewer. He he, uh, he reviews toys on YouTube. Oh, hey, that's cool. Um, and I go, yeah, and we're since it's Friday the 13th, we're going to talk about Friday the 13th. Also, he's a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. We're, we're going to like get super deep into it. And he's like, wait a sec. Hold up. How, how many movies are there? I was like, well, yeah, there's, there's like 12. Um, and he, he had no idea. So I basically had to like mansplain Friday the 13th to him <laughs> very quickly. And, and I was just like, well, yeah, and and there's like this weird Venn diagram of like Friday the 13th fans and Transformers fans, and I, I'm going to ask this dude to kind of see if we could kind of like figure out why that is, because like it, it kind of confounds me at times sometimes. And so anyway, I, I ended up going through the entire Friday the 13th franchise with him, and I think I sold him on that Shout Factory box set. Uh, that's oh, a that beautiful artwork. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh it, it's on sale on Amazon. He's like, This? I was like, Oh yeah, if you're curious, go buy that. It's a it's a great set. See, I've got the Blu-ray set of the Paramount era. Mm-hmm. The new line Jason movies just that ain't that great. No, no, they're no, fun. no. They're they're watchable, but they're not nothing beats the Paramount era. And, and you gotta go three, four, six, seven. 
Oh, see, and it's interesting because, like, I, I think, I think we're good. Uh, it, it's going to get exciting with with some uh, exciting discourse, um, because like the the thing that that's so cool about the Friday the Thirteenth franchise is that it is so versatile, and there there's a few different ways to view it and to pick it up and to and to look at it. And I mentioned to my boss about the the Paramount era, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh." my friend. So I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a paramount franchise. And he's like, well, what do you mean? So I, I, I go through and I, I take him like through the entire thing. He's like, huh? I thought it was just like those first couple movies. I'm like, no, my friend, it, it it's, it's an entire era. It's, it's an entire encompassing thing. But for me, at least, ju- just speaking for myself, and, and again, there, there's there's no shortage of stuff for us to talk about. I think the the appeal of Jason Voorhees, the Friday the 13th movies, is one, they're cartoonishly fun. Like, you know, the, the, the violence is over the top, the kills are over the top, and there is a certain amount of black, dark humor that goes with it. There, Would you there's, dare say campiness? Oh, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Oh man. See, that's and, and there is a certain amount of camp to it. That isn't uh, the, the jokiness of the, of the nightmare on Elm street, Freddy stuff. It's, it's of a different kind. I mean, it's still slasher horror, but it's, it's fun in a way that's not cheeky. It's campy, but not cheeky. If if that, it it was so weird. I love the re- the uh, reboot in 2009 because that Jason was fucking scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just why well, you mean you went. I mean, the first few Jasons was scary, and then Zombie Jason came out, which is pretty cool. But it was yeah. Part Part Six is my favorite because it's Zombie Jason and the movie self aware. It knows what it is. Yep. And it just kind of went fun and goofy afterwards. But when that 2009 remake came in, when Jason is fast, he's smart, and he just vicious i'm like that's that's what i want to see and then the lawsuit happened yeah well and and i when i was starting to talk about the new line era i i was like oh well then you get a a uh jason goes to hell colon the final friday i'm like you can't call it friday the 13th and he's like whoa wait what (laughs) and i'm like i'm like my friend i i cannot litigate for you the entirety of like the rights and the lawsuits and and all of that stuff but yeah, uh, we went from friday 13th part eight to jason goes to hell jason versus fred or jason x jason, x, jason yeah. versus freddy and then it wasn't until the reboot reboot yeah that's when friday 13th became friday 13th again mm-hmm so yeah so he he was just blown away by like this this entire saga that he he wasn't even uh, aware of he's like oh yeah no i just thought that there was like a handful of movies and i'm like oh no it's it, it is quite the the cross generational uh saga um but for me what what's what's appealing about the character in those movies is like we said the 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 campiness and and the self-awareness but there's something about a um unstoppable engine of vengeance you know it, like the terminator he he can't be reasoned with he can't be dealt with and there is a 
wicked sensibility to him too. You know, like um, uh, Jay Lee put in the in the um, uh, comments. You know, triple machete chop or sleeping bag. You know, it's like to the point where he's he's got enough of a wicked sense to grab somebody in a sleeping bag and whack them against a tree a couple times. You know, and so- he also has there. There's something there too because remember in part six when he's walking through the the uh, cabin. And he looks yeah. at the kids sleeping, but he won't. He doesn't mess with the kids. Yep. Because he himself, in a way, is still a kid. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, so there there are like flashes and touches of, of nuance of of character that are there, but it's it's just fun. I I just I I I find Halloween a little too earnest for my taste. I mean, obviously, Halloween the first is, you know, an icon of, uh, uh, you know, it it invented the the slasher horror uh, subgenre. I mean, so obviously it's iconic, but I think the winks and nods that the Friday the Thirteenth franchise always kind of gives it the edge. Like I uh, again, like Halloween. 1978 is is a real movie, you know, not unlike uh, Rocky or First Blood or something like that. You know, it kind of gets diminished by the sequels, but that's a real movie. And I think Friday the 13th is is kind of of a kind with that as well. And like, you know, it takes the slasher genre and pushes it a little further. And, you know, you got you got this great twist ending that is just as iconic then uh, now as it was then and then the the sequels made it something else entirely but i don't know i just i i i seem to be me personally i seem to be drawn to characters that are um unstoppable and don't say a whole lot you know, mm-hmm. like like Soundwave's my guy. He doesn't talk a whole lot. You know, um, I I like Boba Fett. He doesn't say a whole lot, or at least he didn't. He used to and, not. He used to not, and you know, now 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 he's just running around with a big toothy grin on his face, handing fruit to townsfolk. But whatever, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a different thing entirely. But like you know, I so my sensibilities kind of are like a a certain type of character type, and I think that Jason Voorhees definitely. Uh, fits into that, so that that's just a little bit of my my Friday fandom. But I I I uh I I turn the uh uh the the floor over to you, and please let let's let's talk about Friday the Thirteenth and why you like Jason and and all the all these other cool uh um uh convergences there. I think and you got you got to throw in that music there too. I mean, oh my god, iconic yeah. is that those screeches and squeals and it's just so iconic and that hockey mask and the different looks that he has. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite Jason? Oh man. Okay. So, um, let me, let me think, let me think on this because like there, there's a couple different ways to, to answer it. Because you got the paramount era who they screwed up a part two where he became hillbilly. And then somehow, then he became in number three. I'm looking, I've got him in chronological order here on Uh the show. You know, then he gets his green shirt, gray pants in the hockey mask and he maintains that all the way <clears throat> through part seven. They don't have I don't have a part eight figure yet, but he was all black and oily then. And right, then for right. some reason New Line said he needs high rise boots 
and a jacket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's with the jacket? It, that makes no darn sense. I, I think if, if I were to pick and I, I, I hope I don't get this wrong in front of the super fan, but like, <laughs> I, I, I think the final chapter look is the most iconic. And for me, I, um, I like the, the single, um uh triangle in in the in the center of the forehead i don't like the chevrons as much so for me it's it and i i don't remember if he has the chevrons in in final chapter or not but he does i've got the replica mask right here i was in there looking so i you know and it's funny because my evergreen look is probably like a mishmash because like i i like jason lives i mean i like that look but i don't care for the accessories like in terms of like an evergreen look like the gloves and the belt and all of that other stuff that that's that's great for that movie for that look but i but as far as like an evergreen look i don't think it belongs but yet ironically enough what's burned into my head is in terms of like iconic jason face is is the single triangle without the chevrons on the side yeah. My, mine's number seven. When he was full bore zombie, he's got the spine showing down his back. And it's just, of course, that's Kane Hodder's first, too. And it's just Jason going, yep. Yeah, heavy breathing. He and does then, so much acting by just breathing and, and just having got presence. The, the iconic uh, face split. That's terrific. That is so cool. Um, so actually, yeah. So that that um, that brought a question I was going to ask. You've already kind of answered it. It's like so. Friday the Thirteenth fans are kind of like you know weirdly tribal, and we you know kind of like um, not unlike Transformers fans, but like you know we, we kind of divide into a few different camps: um, human Jason or zombie Jason. I don't know. I always steered toward the more supernatural Jason uh -huh. because it seems to explain more if you think about it. I mean, when he's human Jason, he took an axe to the head. He's still alive. He took, I mean, just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I like from the Paramount era, like I said, I like three, four, six, and seven. And it's, uh -huh. it's, it's an even split. You got two movies of human Jason. Then you got the two movies of zombie. I kind of like the zombie because he's got that superhuman strength. The yep. kills were a little bit more creative. I mean, and not to mention just vicious. Remember he took the guy's head and just crushed it. Well, then you go back to human Jason because he pushed the guy's face with in the shower and just how nasty that was. That's pretty brutal. That, that was all the sound because they cut the gore, but the crunching of the skull. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just I've always liked the zombie Jason, but it's still, man, they're all good. <laughs> they're all so good. Exactly. They're yeah. It, it's it's kind of like the it's kind of pizza. You know, there there's there's no bad pizza and there's no bad Jason Voorhees. You know, it's just different flavors. That's like you look at uh, Jason X, a goofy as hell movie with by far, in my opinion, one of the best Jason kills ever with the liquid nitrogen and slamming her face on the counter. Yep. I, I it, it's funny. So, so I'll, uh, I, I tell you two different stories. One, I, uh, you know, I, I grew up on, on the Paramount Jason movies, you know? So it's like, and they came out so often, there were so many of them and it, and it really left an imprint on me. And so I remember, oh gosh, how old was I? I, 
maybe 12, maybe 13. I don't think I was as old as 14 when, uh, when Jason goes to hell comes out. Um, I saw that one in the theater. So I had to be early twenties. I think yeah. that was the only Jason movie I saw in the theater. Everything else was VHS. Sure. Sure. And uh, my, and my uh, first rated R movie in the theater was total recall. Oh, hell yeah. I, uh, I conned my grandmother to take me and a friend to go see RoboCop two. And because like, you know, Oh, it's, it's RoboCop, you know, not knowing anything. Oh, nice. Very cool. I, uh, I had no business seeing that movie in the theater, but, um, yeah, what, what an experience, but, oh, of course, gorgeous, gorgeous. I love it. But so my, ironically enough, same grandmother takes me and a friend. Oh, my friend, Ed 209. Amazing. We go to see, I convince her to take me and a friend to go see Jason goes to hell and we go to see it and I'm just not having it. Just like the, the, the whole, like, you know, the, the, the supernatural aspects of it. I was just like, what is this? As big of a Jason super fan as I am. I think I've only seen that movie twice. Cause I remember Jason was in the very beginning. He got blown up and it was like the body transfer thing. Right. Super stupid. Yep. Yep. And, and like people like eating hearts and yeah. stuff, real stupid. And I, I remember this very vividly. I come out of the theater. I am disappointed and I'm kind of like stomping my feet and I'm saying like, I'm bitter. And, uh, and my buddy, he's like, dude, shut up. There's girls over there. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That movie sucked. I'm mad. <laughs> so he 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 was a little further on the trajectory than I was because like I was I was more fixated on being upset about my movie watching experience than than the the uh the the lady folks that that were grabbing my friend's attention and I, I was embarrassing him. But I yeah, I just I remembered being really disappointed uh by that by that movie going watch, but you know, I, I still had all the videos, so I could go back and, and watch, um, you know, uh, watch all the movies. But I I like what I like about the Friday the 13th movies is that they, they are just straight up grindhouse movies. And that, like, you know, they were cranking these out one a year. And, you know, they, they just um, it eventually gets into diminishing returns. But, man, what a what a run of flicks. Just, um, yeah. just, just great iconic fun. It was funny if you're watching the back behind the scenes stuff. What they went mm-hmm. through. I mean, some like Friday Thirteenth Part Four. They put some of those people through hell. And I remember Richard Brooker. What? No, I, I forget that it'll come to me later on. But the actor who was Jason in Part Four, he came to the defense of a lot of the other actors, especially the girls, had to be topless and stuff. And yeah, he, like, if you don't start treating these girls with respect i'll walk i mean it was it's interesting them behind the scenes yet the first friday the 13th movie they said that was like a party part six was like everybody just had a good time with that one that was like a party yeah and so the other ones they just hated each other <laughs> too funny richard brooker that was part three what the hell was the guy's name oh i i don't know or maybe it was him 
to Google. <laughs> to the Googles we go. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na. Too funny. Now I'm excited. I want to see what happens. I was going to start Googling myself, but I'm like, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. Ted White. Okay, I was right. Richard Brooker is three. Ted White's Jason Voorhees in part four. And he was a stuntman. He did a lot of movies before he hopped in there. And oh, that okay. one scene where he's busting through the door with a hatchet in his hand, just powerful. That That's a, that's a great scene. I love it. Um, and and what what a interesting trajectory for a franchise. Like you know, you start off as as like this legitimate suspense horror movie. You know that's still a slasher. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. some like really good kills in there, but then it, it it is so weird how it's defined by its end more than its than its beginning. The build it, it, up. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, if you look at the very first victim, it's they follow this one girl. She's heading to the camp and she's, I mean, the first 30 minutes is devoted to her. Then she gets her throat slit just right there. Yep. Cause you think, okay, that's the final girl. That's the hero. They, they pulled the psycho Jennifer Lee thing. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. turned out to be the mom. Cause you'll get people that all the time. Who was the killer in Friday the 13th? Jason. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Oh, it's good stuff. So, um, Man, so many different topics to 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 go over. I so I I have l- let me just wade into um a little bit of controversy. I gu- I guess my my favorite my favorite of the uh of the Friday the 13th movies, the Paramount era is I I go back and forth between Final Chapter and Jason Lives. I feel like they're they're opposite sides of the same coin. And I don't necessarily prefer one over the other because I feel they're different enough. Basically, one is kind of like the end of the human Jason era. And then the other one is the beginning of the supernatural zombie Jason era. Well, you've got four, um, too, which is a lot more serious. It's a lot more grounded. Mm-hmm. And in part six, that, that movie's just fun. It's just, absolutely. The car chases, you got the. You bang with the laser sights. You got the- yeah, where, where the dot goes, the bang. <laughs> it's like and, and the Alice Cooper song. Oh, um, one of my all-time favorites. It's so good. It is so good. We and- saw Cooper live a couple years ago, and he actually performed that song. And I'm just there in the audience, like <gasps> freaking out. <laughs> I I saw I I've I haven't seen him perform it live, but like um I saw on YouTube once where he one it, I love that that song is just part of his catalog, but like I I, I saw a, a version on YouTube where like somebody in a Jason getup comes out on stage and chases him around for a few. Well, there was that that happened at the show I watched. He didn't chase Alice, but he killed two uh, girls that were on stage. Oh snap! Well, maybe that, they're, they're that's there with their cameras, and Jason just comes in. And my, of course, I'm there with my Dylan, who was six at the time. He's just like, "Did he kill him, Dad? Did he kill?" <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? He's just killing these nice ladies. <laughs> now, oh, just for the record, my son knows all about Jason. He's not seen Friday Thirteenth movie. <laughs> oh, okay. That's like I, he knows he knows about RoboCop. He actually has an Ed Two Hundred Nine figure. He loves it. He's never seen that scene. The only thing he knows RoboCop or Ed 209 from is the RoboCop Ed 209 fight. He loves it. it. 
He loves the Terminator. He's never seen the Terminator movie. Well, and and it's and it's so interesting too because, like, I mean, again, that's that's the stuff we grew up on. That 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 was our childhood, man. That's that's. I mean, I'm thinking when Dylan turns 13, 14, I'm going to sit him down and say, "Son, let me introduce you to RoboCop, Predator, Red Dawn, Terminator." Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So, what is it about? about the Friday the 13th franchise that, that, that speaks to you. Why, what, what makes it your jam? I don't know. It's like I said, it's just, I get a kick out of it. It's just fun. You got the characters, the music, the creative kills. It's just, I've always been drawn to that series. I just, I think it was the only one back when I was a kid, I'd actually watched in order, you know, the other, other yeah. horror movies I get. And then you're, you're what, even at that young age, you get a movie. Oh, it's a Friday 13th ripoff. Oh, that's a rip off there. He Jason did it better. Yep. And stuff like that. And it's just it just I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's just I enjoy it. I like the backs. I like how it's set in a centralized location. It never hops all over the place until, like I said, new line or let's go to space. Let's do this. It was always that focus area. Of course, I never figured out how a boat went from a lake to the ocean, but yeah, that's <laughs> all. Yeah, Jason takes a slow boat to uh, Manhattan eventually. Or Jason or takes Vancouver. A, yeah, <laughs> yes, Jason takes Vancouver. Oh my gosh! Um, so here, that one about killed Jason for me because at the remember you got when you find out that they flush uh, the sewers of New York with toxic waste every night at midnight, and uh, Jason when he gets hit and he he's that silly putty looking thing. You go from that awesome. Friday 13th part seven, Jason, yeah. to where the new one looks like he's just made out of silly putty. And then he transforms back into a kid in boxer shorts after the toxic waste hit him. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it makes no goddamn sense. It makes no goddamn sense. And then that that was kind of the end of it for a while. You know, they couldn't end a Jason movie good after six. Mm-mm. Seven, that's when the dead dad comes up and grabs the yeah. Jason down. You get toxic waste, Jason. Friday 13th, Jason goes to hell. That's when Freddy's glove gets him. J- mm-hmm. Jason X was all right. I mean, he came down to orbit and burn up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jason X is is one of those ones that, <coughs> that, that, um, that kind of grew on me later. Like, I didn't necessarily like it at, at first because, like, I, I think uh, I, I didn't quite give myself over to the silliness of it. You know, it's like, I think I wanted something more straightforward. That's one of those ones, because there's so many movies I went and saw, and you're expecting one thing. When you don't get what you expect, you don't like it. But when you go back for the second time and watch it, that's like RoboCop 2. I left yeah. that here just disappointed. But now, man, I love it, especially like the Robo, the, once you look into it more, nowhere is near as good as the first one. Nothing will ever touch it. But the, the stop motion animation, I still love to this day. Still looks yeah. good. <laughs> Fight at the end. Yes, I was so glad Jason won against Freddy too, except Freddy had that at the end. Yeah. <clears throat> I I have a I have a a very controversial take that that I, I hope doesn't lose me any friends. I kind of like part five. I I kind of there's a couple of reasons to like part five. Well, there's multiple couples of reasons mm-hmm. to like part five. You know, it was directed by a porn director. Yep. He, he later said, "Yeah, we're 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 making a porn in the in the what is it? We're making a, a porn movie in the woods because nobody knows what what we're doing." Yeah, and that that was it. 
Yeah. Um, the kill count is really good. The the kills themselves are really good. Um, and there there is a version of it, that, not necessarily in that movie itself, but like the the Jason without Jason misdirect thing is kind of a clever gimmick. Um, I mean, obviously it wasn't sustainable, but it it I I don't know. It, it's kind of like the Halloween three season of the witch type of thing. The, the Halloween movie without Michael Myers in it. This is the Jason movie without Jason in it, but it's still kind of fun. Oh, I don't know. I like it. Rocky as can be. It's yeah. B movie. I mean, it's, it's the campiest of, of my, yeah, there's, I mean, it's, it's They got some gruesome kills. The uh, leather around the guy's eyes and those oh, yeah. makeup effects. You, you see that digging into his skull. Mm-hmm. I mean, or even like like the garden shears, and you know, it's yeah. uh, and and of course, you go down and <laughs> that was a nice touch too. That <laughs> and and obviously some profound nudity in uh, in in that movie for sure. It's and and it and it's and it's weird too because like that that's the other thing with um. The Friday the Thirteenth movies, I think more so than some of the other the some of the other slashers. I don't know what it is about a a young man's first experience with these types of concepts. You have like you have both horror and nudity at the, at the same time, and I I don't know what that says about the makeup of of a young man growing up in the nineteen eighties. But there those are those are always connected for some reason. Profound nudity and and gratuitous violence. Like every horror movie given, yes, and it's like a must. That and the barbarian movies that was always a given too. Oh oh my gosh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And now to close out this special crossover event with Patriot Prime Reviews, please enjoy this presentation of The Sit Rep featuring yours truly right here on Mike Seibert Radio. Viewer discretion is advised. Ah, the intro music. Hey, yeah. what's going on, guys? Patriot Prime here once again with another episode of The Sit Rep. And my guest tonight is Mike Seibert from the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. For those of you in the know, I was on his show last week, and we had such a good time. We talked for two hours, and I thought, you know, I need somebody for a sit rep again. Hell, I'll call up Mike. And Mike was more than happy to hop on so we're just roll reversing tonight and uh mike welcome to my channel well thank you so much for having me i i i really appreciate it and it, it is funny because like you you had reached out to me we, we had had such a blast last time and it's literally roll reverse we even like flipped the screens like <laughs> you know i i'm on the other side it's like so you know one of the things you said when you were on my show it's like well, you know, I, I'm I'm usually the one answering the question, so it's 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 going to be a little different. And I feel exactly the same way. My my podcast is very interview driven. I love chatting with folks, and but 
yeah, this is a little different for me because usually I have all the questions and kind of guide the flow. And it is really cool and really liberating to just be on this other side and just like, yeah, hit me with what you got. I, I love to to talk about Transformers and all kinds of cool stuff. I And I, I'm also glad that uh, maybe I've uh, directly or indirectly uh been uh, in an in inspiration for the return of the sit rep because that was one of the things you had mentioned on my show it's like you know i really got to get back into doing live streams and you know kind of really you know get back on the horse and so yeah so i was delighted that like you know within a week it's like hey man let's uh let's flip the tables the other direction and so yeah i'm I, i'm really glad we're, we're gonna have a blast tonight thank you so well, much for having me. our show proved last week or just what was going on with us you and i have never talked before other than on facebook and within seconds we it was just that bond yeah i mean just it's like i've i've known mike forever we had such a good time talking i thought hell let's do it again uh introduce him to you know my subscribers and my fans because he's got a really good podcast and he's got this damn earworm of an intro song and once it gets into your brain it stays there forever and i told him last night i'd listened to a couple of his things and i was out in the mall with my wife out of town and i was just sitting there humming this song and she's like what is that and i was like i don't know what is that and i realized well, what was going on well oh, mike as our um, viewers build here got quite a few in the chat right now with Jonas MCDGACDC. I'm getting faster at saying that name. Larkins <laughs> Lair, hey buddy, Johnson, J John Johnson, Chauncey, Jason, Transformers Talk Raw, Johnny Simon, and John Doe 4880. Hello, happy Thursday. Uh, as we wait for more people to join us, uh, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I live in Seattle. I've lived in the Seattle, Washington area for my entire life. So when I say we have the worst drivers in the country, I can say that with some authority because I'm one of them. Uh, but no, I, I love the Pacific Northwest. You know, it's like we, we have all of the seasons, you know, we, we've, we've got, uh, you know, mild winters and mild summers. It's all very mild. It does rain a lot, probably as much as, folks in other parts of the country say it does, but it's, you know, it, it's fine. I, I would, I would rather have temperate conditions than, uh, than, than extremes. I, uh, the, the Pacific Northwest culture is one of just kind of just easy going, you know, just kind of like, uh, um, delightfully in the middle. And, th and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, if, uh, if, if we're choosing drink sizes, there's a, there's a large, there's a small, and there's a medium. I'm always the medium guy. Very, very, uh, uh, straight down the middle. Um, I've been in the content creation space now for maybe about, uh, seven years, uh, wow. give or take. I started as a, a DJ at a college radio station. I was, uh, I, I had the opportunity as an adult to go back to school, went to a local community college, a Green River College in Auburn, Washington. And I went back to school to get a IT degree and was pursuing a career in, you know, technical support. I, I love technology and I love helping people. So it seemed like IT was kind of like a good field for me, but I didn't have like all the, the uh, current qualifications. So I took some IT courses and in the last quarter 
of my last year of my last semester of my last uh, finishing off my degree, I come out of one of my classes and I see a uh, billboard, you know, like at school, you got like the, the, the cork board with all of the, the, um, uh, flyers and things like that on it. And There's I still admit you in the chat right now. Recognize that name. Uh, not off the top of my head. Uh, but, uh, but that's the one bad thing about YouTube. It's, it's their YouTuber names. And yeah. It's so weird. Like, when we yeah. went to TF con, you get to know so many YouTubers by their YouTuber name and you're sitting there hanging out in the lobby and that's what you're calling each other. <laughs> it, it's so funny. And I'll, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of jumping all over the place, but like, you know, a lot of folks know everybody by our, uh, our YouTube handles or Twitter handles or fan fiction names or whatever. And I've always just been Mike Seibert. My name is Mike Seibert. And that kind of like is my, my radio name or whatever. Uh, you know, the whole Patriot prime thing. Totally. There's, there's an individual I haven't seen in a long time. Hello, M. How are you doing? But I I always feel like sometimes when like um I'm I'm in a bar at a TFCon. We've we've all had that experience where we're like chilling in the bar, uh, you know, like after after day of conning, and everybody's got like their own cartoon names, right? And I I sometimes feel like it's like, oh, we're using my made up names. Well, I am <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> you know, good good to meet you. Um, but uh, but getting back to my my uh my origin story, I. Um, I, I get ready to finish community college and I see a flyer in the hallway that says be on the radio. And it's got a picture of uh, plucky college kids and a control board and a microphone. And I've always been fascinated with radio, with uh, music radio, with talk radio. Um, you know, I, I've, I've just been a fan of all that. And it just, it just hit me. It's like, well, I need something to do over the summer after I'm done with my coursework. Why not take this class and at this radio station at this college? And I got bit by the bug immediately. Like, you know, this, uh, uh, the coursework over at Green River College is it's, um, it's a student run radio station. There's like one faculty member that's the general manager that also teaches the classes that, that is just there to, to keep the kids out of trouble. But everything outside of that, between the music choices, the, the DJs, everything with running the radio station is, student run it's it's radio for the kids by the kids and uh you you are on the mic and on the controls in week two of the course and you know as soon as i talked into the radio and everybody is awful when they start because it's just like Hi. i was about to say you've got that radio voice do you pick that up immediately or is you you learn to enunciate i i had so many people tell me you ought to do that because i can do a good radio announcer voice. I was the guy back when I worked at Kmart years ago, they got yeah. me to do the blue light specials. And when I remember, I told you on, on your show, I was in lost control. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the fun things with lost control, I had all the cameras in the store in my office. I was focused in. And one of the things I'd like to do is I can call in on the front desk and pretend I'm the local radio station. Uh, yep. And they won biscuits for the whole office. Hey, what's going on? This is Jay Patrick with J104.5. Letting you know that you have won today's biscuit bunch. And they're like, Oh, I love it. Now, now are we talking crispy biscuits or crumbly biscuits? Oh, this is West Virginia, man. We got the biscuits that are soft on the inside, crispy on the outside, nice and buttery, and covered in sausage gravy. Oh my gosh, delicious! Sweet tea. 
the uh so so the radio voice thing actually comes from my previous life before i had the opportunity to go back to college i wasn't doing radio per se or or announcing but i used to work for a inventory counting company like you know you may have gone to the grocery store early in the morning and you see people with these big calculator machines like counting the bread and stuff like that that's that's what i used to do i used to be a uh manager for the inventory service. So basically at the beginning of each shift, at the beginning of each store, you have to give a crew briefing where basically like, you know, you have to talk about what the rules for this account are, things to watch out for. And that's kind of one of the first places where I got a knack for projecting and talking to people. Like if you're, if you're running a target store with a crew of a hundred, you got to project to the folks in the back because like, you know, my, my friends out front will, you know, will obviously be into it, but like the folks in the back, it's like, Oh, Hey man. Yeah. So, uh, what was, what does Mike always say about stickies stickies answer questions, you know? So it's like you, you get the, you get the folks into it a little bit so that you know that they're paying attention. So that's actually where like a lot of this comes from. I'm also, you know, talking about being in grocery stores or or whatever. Um, we we all know loud cell phone talker guy, right? Oh. That's, that's all, me. Calls for one moment, Mike. Here's something that's unique to my channel is my friend Princeton Phalanx right here. Phalanx, yeah. who he's sent throwing, me a, he's yeah. throwing money at you. He's throwing money at me. So if you uh, watch my show, I always have something goofy as a reward to give folks who like to throw that dollar bills, y'all, you know, they're tucking it in the G string here. There's an image for you. Making it rain. So let's give Princeton one of our favorites. Sure. Soundwave. Thank you, Princeton. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love this show. This is so fun. I mean, you're the the community's already lively. The the chat is hopping. This is great. I, I just want I just want to hang out and like read chats and stuff. Screw this origin story stuff. <laughs> I, well, I'm if you want, what I like to do is for those of you who don't know, the sit rep is my interview show where I ask a guest 10 questions. Sit rep, situational report. Mm-hmm. I want to know five transformer i have five transformer related questions for my guest and five questions regarding my guest as a youtuber but in mike's case tonight it's going to be podcast sure so if you want to get into that we'll go ahead and start with the questions and if you notice in the chat at the end in some point after everything's over and done with i have some toy hex decal sets to give away i do that from time to time everybody likes them and uh, these are two new decal sets that they just recently released. I have a decal set for Legacy Skullgrin to give away. And a decal set for Speedia 500, drop them in the floor, Override. So two new decal sets to give away at the end of the show. Got to do my Toy Hacks promo. Heck yeah. I, I, just, I hear there's a promo code too. There is a promo code. Let's see, Horned Out recognizes Fiend. Yeah, I try to get the interaction going on here, too. All right, my friend. So if you are ready to rock and roll and you're ready for me to ask you some questions, we'll get into this. Hell yeah, sounds great. All right, and if you guys want to interject or however you can, if the question is regarding what we're talking about, 
If you have something else regarding, you know, that you want to talk to Mike Rob about, wait till the end. That's when we get the, all the uh, chat interactivity going on. So, number one, Mike, what's the appeal of Transformers to you? Oh my gosh! Well, well, Transformers going to be easy. Yeah, I know, right? I it, it's. It reminds me of some of the questions that I asked you on my show. And one of the things that I told my audience when I kind of edited our live stream down into a more digestible podcast, which you can listen to now on the Mike Seibert Radio podcast feed, uh, we got half of that conversation there now. And then next week, I'm going to drop the other half where we talk more about Friday the 13th and some of the other some of the other non sequiturs that didn't quite fit in with the uh with the narrative but um i i try to use all the parts of the buffalo when i can but um a lot of the questions i mean a lot of the answers that you gave me to my question surprised me like in terms of like your favorite characters and factions and all that but for for me at least what makes transformers special and it's changed um a bit over the years, because originally, I if you would have asked me this question five years ago, I would say, well, it's it's my favorite sci-fi franchise or it's my favorite superhero franchise because, you know, it's transforming robots and great characters and it's a great gimmick. You know, it's, it's two toys in one and, you know, talk about like the voice acting and all of that other stuff. My answer is a little different today. The thing that I think is special to me about Transformers is that it's gone on so long that there are so many different iterations and so many different entry points that I can interact with folks that look nothing like me. You know, folks that are that are different ages, different races, different genders, different orientations, and we can just talk about transforming robots with the same enthusiasm. And it wasn't like that when uh, folks like you and me were growing up. You know, it, it was folks that looked like us. And it's like, I, I remember the first time I went to a TFCon in 2018 in Chicago, and I, I walked into the room and I just saw like young people and young girls and all kinds of like folks that didn't look like me. And, and, it, and, and it was a delight. You know, just just to see folks that are different from me enjoying the thing that means so much to me. I I had a, I had a conversation recently with someone who is half my age that loves Transformers the movie as much as I do, and 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 it's it's just so incredibly satisfying to inter interact with different people and to have that that same common experience. I think we need more of that. And I think I think I think Transformers is one of those things that really at a time where folks are so divided on everything hey. really kind of unites us. Hey, we back? <laughs> Something oh, did, just happened. Oh, did we go somewhere? Oh no. I guess. I don't know oh. why we froze up for a second. I Yay. I, I I, I did want to mention uh, one thing. I saw this in, in the uh, comments. Uh, Slow DK put in put in the chat. Hot chicks at cons. LOL. I want I want to clarify yes. one of my one of my statements. And yes, that that <laughs> is absolutely true. Absolutely true. But it reminds me of something like I came home from a TF Con very 
recently uh, after Chicago, uh, this last one, this last October in 22. And one of my co coworkers was like, oh, 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 I bet you there's, there's a lot of chicks there. Right. I'm like, well, actually, actually there, yes. there's, there's quite a lot of, uh, um, female people there. They and were most it, of the cosplayers. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I did, I did have to get in a dig. I go, but you know, most of them probably don't have any interest in what you're selling. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So. You know, it's funny going back into what, um, uh, what you just went into where you yeah. ran into people or that were not like you. When I went to my first con, I was like, there's people just like me. Because, you know, when you're collecting toys and you you kind of keep it hid, you always think, oh, God, people are looking at me like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> yes, so. absolutely. I mean, like you said, I've met, like doing this, I've met so many people from so many walks of life, uh, different states, different countries, different, or it's just so cool. And we don't get, like I said at the end of our podcast, we did together that I wish we went into first because I think that's the important thing people need to know about me who don't know. And it was just amazing that we don't care about anything else going on in the world. We just bonded over plastic robots. Let's drink beers and talk bots and we just have a blast. Who cares what's going on in the rest of the world? Absolutely. So Chauncey put in the in the chat, uh, dude! Exclamation point! You lost him during his rousing speech about TFCon. <laughs> how, how TFCon can bring us back together? Um, well, you know why? It's because my PlayStation Five is downloading a game downstairs. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so you'll just have to have to imagine. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. What's cool? It's the same. Anytime somebody brings that up, it's always the same thing. You're just so surprised that there's people like us that are into this. And we could just bond immediately like you and I, you're yep. over on the West coast. I'm over here in West Virginia when we met via transformers and now. Psh. Yeah. Friends for life. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I have had so many experiences like that specifically at conventions too. It's like, I, I will shake a hand or give a bro hug or, or otherwise with, with somebody it will be like, good to see you. And it's like, brother, you've never met me before. Oh yeah, that's right. We've been Twitter mutuals for five years. <laughs> you know, it's like, and you forget because like the, these relationships that we have in a digital space, whether it's here on YouTube or on podcasting or on social media, it's like, even though those places can get very fake and unreal, the friendships are, are very much real. Yep. Fully agree. All right, moving on to question number two. Aside from G1, which is always the number one answer. Of course. What's your favorite Transformers fiction? You know, and, and that kind of slides around a bit too, but I, man, that that is a stumper. <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to say the, uh, the not the last iteration that just ended but like the uh idw phase two you know kind of kind of like the um uh more than meets the eye uh is that robot, the robots off into two different books yeah so that's when i quit reading them because i don't have a local comic shop around here so i was collecting the big hardcover shirts sure. and when it got to the point where they were you know they were like 60 books each and i got to the point where it ended the first wave or whatever and i was like i'm done this is just a good stepping off point for me right now 
Exactly. So my jumping off point was the reboot in 2019. I was like, nah, I, I'm I'm done. And really, even then, it, the, the the wheels were getting really rickety uh, towards the end there when they were doing all of the Hasbro crossovers, like the you know, like uh, uh, revolutions and revolutionaries and 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 all of that. It's like I I like a lot of those IP. Uh, I I'm a huge GI Joe fan. And I think Mask is a a totally underutilized IP, but I just I didn't care for the way that IDW kind of like crammed things together. I'm not a fan of uh, crossovers being so deep that it loses sight of the uh, of the main book. Like there were Transformers characters that died in a GI Joe comic. That like if you had not read that GI Joe comic, you would have you would have no idea. So that, that's like Marvel G one. Remember the GI Joe versus Transformers miniseries? They killed off Bumblebee. Yeah. So if you if you didn't read that series and was just reading the G one books, you're like, okay, where's Bumblebee and why is he Goldbug now? And they just showed up at Goldbug exactly. Yeah. Um, but but I I liked the character building, um, and it gave a lot for fans and the fandom to latch on to. Um, so I, I, I like that. And I, I especially appreciated the, the writing style of the more the meets the eye comic, uh, what James Roberts was doing. He added kind of like a, a quirky red dwarf star Trek vibe to it um, with kind of like this gang of misfits, uh, which I really appreciated because like it was, you know, it, it was B, C and D, list characters you know there's no optimus there's no megatron well not right away but you know it's like it, it's it's a crew being led by rodimus and you know ultra magnus is his number two and you know he's very put upon and uh the dynamics i, ju I just found really fun and you know with, with all these different uh entry points i found that a lot of younger folks have latched onto that as well and that's that's made me appreciate it even further kind of seeing it through, through their eyes and their perspective. Cool. All right. Back to the toys. Yeah. Do you have a favorite figure or grail in your collection? One figure you will never let go of. Say you have to sell everything. This mm -hmm. one figure is not going anywhere. In Christmas of 1987, I, I love telling this story. I, so I, I had unwrapped all my gifts. I got, I got a bunch of Transformers. I got a bunch of GI Joes and, and whatever else, probably some Ninja Turtles too. But like the, the last gift, the, the end boss Christmas gift was this large rectangular box. And I'm very excited looking at this box. And I swear it's it's a Nintendo Entertainment System. I'm getting the action set with maybe it's got the the Rob the robot that nobody actually wanted, but the rich kids had, or and it's got the zapper in it. It's like oh man, Mike's getting a Nintendo. I peel back the wrapping paper. It's Fortress Maximus, and the the box size is very very similar, and um it was one of those things like we you know we were uh, I don't want to say we were poor. I don't say want to say we were rich. You know, it was like, you know, very, very much in the middle, but like something like Fortress Maximus was just way off my list. I didn't even write it on my list because I figured at that price point for and the size of it, that was just so way beyond something I could even dream of. But like, you know, like my, my aunt and my grandmother uh, uh, got together 
and and got me this uh this fortress maximus and just it just made that christmas for me and he's he's uh incomplete he's well loved he's very yellow <laughs> but uh but yeah it's uh the the crown jewel of my collection is my g1 fort max and i That's still awesome. have him and i still mess around with him um he's still got those tight ratchety rickety joints it is it is Did so you cool. see my review of him of course i have the reissue and yeah. he had them tight ratchets too and i'm a big mm. dude i'm sitting there fighting <laughs> yes and and even now like i mean i i haven't i haven't transformed him in years i'm almost afraid to because like even when i was a kid those ratchets were stiff and i feel like if i try to push it too hard i might break it so uh but yeah it's like th those are some of like you you want to talk about childhood moments they're transformative all you got to do is click a transformer's arm and then suddenly boom you are transported back to being yeah. a child again because it's a tactile sensation it's a it's a sound and it's like everything all tied together that 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 is childhood right there man man but it's like when i i just got this guy i have pulled with star screams for years i mean i had yep. an original back in the day i don't have an original now but i have the one that came out in 2003 the toys r us reissue I have that yep. one but just opening this guy the other day, transforming him once again for the first time straight out of the box, instantly I'm back to 1984. Yeah, it, it takes you back, and, and that and that's a terrific figure too. I mean, I I, I saw your video and I I totally agree with you on the missiles, but the, but there is there is something fun about doing that transformation scheme for Starscream where like, you know, you flip the head down and then flip the cockpit all the way through his torso. I mean, again, there are just certain tactile experiences that, that are really cool. It's, you know, ha having the opportunity to take a Starscream out of the box and, and to play with it. It's like that, that's, that's something special. Yeah. I pre-ordered him cause I thought he's going to sell out super fast. I mean, he did. He yeah. was out near immediately. And he's mm -hmm. pretty much, like I said, he's the Walmart reissue from a couple years ago with just in that G1 color scheme. Yeah. All right. So moving on, mm -hmm. what figure is your white whale? What is your most wanted toy? Ooh, that's a, that's a great question. Cause I haven't really thought about that for a while. I, you know, it, it's interesting this seems as good a point as any to where it's like I've my my collecting hasn't been as consistent as a lot of other fans. Like, I mean, I, I was there in 84. I was there through 85. I was there through parts of 86. But by the time 87 comes around. I'm kind of starting to get out of it. Like, you know, Fort Max aside, like I, I think I, I don't even remember if I had any of the other um, Autobot headmasters. I, I had a couple of the Decepticons. I like I had um uh Ape Face and uh um Snapdragon, but um but yeah, it's like so like I, I never really got past that. I mean, I think like by 1988 I was done. Um and I I didn't really get back into Transformers collecting until I really started interacting with the the fandom going back to uh 2017, 2018. Um, so then I just started gobbling stuff up and, and getting in on contemporary stuff. Um, you, you slap transformers, the movie on anything. I'm a buy it. <laughs> so, so really it was studio series 86 that, that was really my in back into, uh, uh, contemporary collecting. Um, so 
with that, th- there there is one figure that uh, that I've always been fascinated by, but I've never had. I've never owned Six Shot. And, oh, he's a cool one. And and I've he was always my first toy hexed bot. Oh, cool. Um, I, I just love his color scheme and I, I, I love the idea of having a toy that, you know, even though some of the alt modes are kind of compromised and really it's, oh, we just turn this over and flip a wing out. And yeah, the but, robot mode and jet mode are the only ones worth a damn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But like, you know, he's, he's a big one too. So, you know, having, having that, we talked a lot about tactile experiences, you know, to have that sensation of flipping around to the six modes um, uh, would would be something that would be really appealing to me. All right. So let's wrap up the uh, last of the Transformers questions. What's your favorite Transformer character from any fiction, any fiction, any media? What's your favorite character? Well, I am grateful that after these hard questions, you finally gave me an easy (laughs) one. No matter where he is, what iteration, what version, what changes, Soundwave is always my guy. All across the board. Um, you know, from, from the G1 with, with the Frank Welker vocoder voice to the Marvel Comics movie, uh, Marvel Comics version that occasionally has a mouth. Um, but and, never and did even, much. Yeah. And, and, and even some of the later versions, like uh, even like when he shows up in uh, Transformers Earthspark rocking that revenge body, you know, it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's just a great character. I mean, I, I think for a lot of us, it's the voice, but I think also it's that dynamic of him being really his own self-contained strike force. Like mm-hmm. he's got an army of little dudes at his own disposal. And that's, th- th- there's an appeal of that there. And-, and when you had all those cassettes, when you played with him as a kid, it was nothing for your imagination to just pretend he's firing those out. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like that gif where it's just the endless tapes just uh, uh, spitting out. And, and even the character work, like all of the tapes had unique personalities, you know, and, or even like the stuff where like, you know, uh, uh, Laserbeak has like this uh, uh, relationship with Megatron and, you know, it's, it's just, just really cool characters that come from this one awesome character. So and you think about Soundwave came out in 84. And I don't think he was re-released again. He came out in 84, and yet they still kept making cassettes for him all the way up until 87. Yeah. With, yeah, I think it was uh, Slugfest and Overkill were the last ones in 87. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. You know, uh, Soundwave had been discontinued for years, and yet they're still making Decepticon cassettes. Um, yeah, I, in fact, I, I think... I am pretty sure that Soundwave was my first Transformer. I, I have I have vivid memories of my fifth birthday. Um, my birthday is on September fifteenth, so it's like I, um, I I don't know if this is a weird Mandela effect or not, but it's like I have vivid memories of like being like the 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 Ewok village, and uh, and a bunch of Star Wars guys, and then like opening up this larger box and seeing that Soundwave. I was like, oh, holy smokes, and. I also have this memory. I think it was a Saturday. Like I think the Transformers cartoon was on TV at at that at that time as well. So having all of that stuff kind of coalesce at the same time really kind of 
imprinted Transformers on me uh, uh, very early. Plus, he, he's a radio guy. So it's like, you know, and that and and I will say and I, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to stop some tweets here, but like Soundwave is a cassette recorder. Blaster is a boombox. Soundwave is not a boombox. Yep, that's why, you know, espionage. He was recording. I always yes. liked the Marvel comics. Well, no, in G1 too, the cartoon. They oh, always yeah. just picked him up, just ran it. Oh, here's a cool cassette recorder. Let me take it in this top secret base. Yep. Not it's a radio. Like hey, when they tell me like at my job. If you find a USB in the parking lot, do not bring it in here. It's like, okay, that normally doesn't happen, but okay. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps up our Transformers question. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up too. We talked about Soundwave. I just thought of the original Soundwave came packed with Buzzsaw. Yeah. It just seems like ever since Hasbro has a thing against Buzzsaw. We never get a Buzzsaw figure. Well, yeah, not like, only not only that, but but uh, Sound I, I mean, uh, Buzzsaw gets no love in the fiction hmm. it, it's like so and and i i think a cynical part of me thinks that they were really trying to push laser beak over buzzsaw so that you had to buy the two-pack with laser beak and ravage even yeah. though you already had buzzsaw but if you but if buzzsaw had a role in the cartoon like like think of this alternate reality where all the laser beak moments are buzzsaw moments you would feel no compulsion to want to buy. You know, I can only think of ever seen Buzzsaw was in the Ultimate Doom. Yeah, that that and may be the only appearance. If you remember, his bio was awesome because mm. he was sadistic. He enjoyed slicing bots and humans apart with his razor sharp beak. Mm-hmm. Why he was called Buzzsaw? So maybe that's why they didn't put him in the comics and the show. Yeah. You got a freaking Leatherface running <laughs> flying around. Bob Budiansky was out of his mind. Some of the stuff that he would come up with. I mean, we talked a lot about that on my show when we were uh, talking about how violent the, the Marvel comics was and like, you know, how like, you know, Prowl's arm was all shredded and you see the cables and viscera and all that. It's just, just terrifying stuff. Yep. And I loved every bit of it. All right. Well, that wraps up the Transformers questions. Let's get on to you as a internet personality. Sure. So uh, first question with this is what possessed you, a grown ass man, to talk about Transformers on a podcast? Well, it's interesting. And this actually dovetails with the the origin story I, w- I was telling earlier in, in the show in that it... um talking about transformers specifically is something that came later. So what happened is I, I had this, this uh, college radio show where, where I was a DJ playing today's rock and it'd be like, Oh, Hey, you know, coming up next, it's, you know, uh, uh, sleeping with sirens. And then after that, here's a block of motionless and white. You're listening to KGRG 89.9 FM today's rock, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But, I started gradually putting more of my personality into it. And I would, uh, I did a show on my birthday where I played in its entirety, the soundtrack for the transformers, the movie 1986. And, and my show was on late at night. I was on from like nine to midnight or something like that. So for like the last hour when like nobody is listening, I I brought in my CD and I did like air breaks in between each song. I was like, well, you know, this on the soundtrack, it's called Spectre General. But did you know that this this uh, band was originally called Kick Axe? But, you know, Scotty Brothers Records couldn't have like 
a band called Kick Axe on a soundtrack for a movie about transforming robots for children. Here's here's a song called Hunger. You're listening to KJRG FM on 89.9. Uh today's rock. And um so anyway, so so that was kind of like one of my first little bits of uh Transformers, but in uh 2017, 2018, I think, I started getting involved with uh the larger fandom. I I discovered other Transformers podcasts. Well, I discovered that there were Transformers podcasts. And then later I discovered there was like Transformers YouTube, Transformers fandom, all this stuff that because of the way I was in my 20s and 30s, I was very career focused and didn't really spend a whole lot of time on the internet. Like, you know, it's, I, I, I get some flack from my friends sometimes. It's like, well, um, I, I went through a lot of my life thinking I was the only person that like transforms the movie. <laughs> and then when I started uh, um, uh, talking with folks, it's like, you ain't special. Everybody likes that movie. Um, but no, it's like, I, I, a couple things converged at the same time. One, I, I graduated from college. So it was kind of time to put the radio stuff aside. Um, and I was still bit by the bug though. I still wanted to keep broadcasting. So I was like, well, I have all the gear. I have all this set up. Why don't I just do my show as a podcast? So really what the early versions of Mike Seibert radio was, was it, it was just kind of like a non-broadcast radio version of my radio show. You know, I, I talked to uh, local bands, a lot of musicians, um, authors, writers, uh, basically anybody that would come on my show and I would use it to kind of like spotlight local musicians. Like, you know, I, I'm uh, good friends with this cat named uh, Kyle Stevens. He's uh, he started this band called Kirby crackle, which is basically like the pioneers of the nerd rock uh, genre. So it's like, it it's exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's uh nerdy songs about nerdy stuff. It's uh <laughs> not Weezer, not not that kind of nerdy, but like explicitly nerdy. Um, and this guy was ahead of the curve before like nerd culture became pop culture, that kind of thing. So I was into that. He was into that. But then I, I through podcasting and organically being a citizen of the Internet, I start interacting with other folks that like Transformers. And it's like, well, did did you know there's Transformers podcasts? Did you know there's Transformers YouTube channels? Did you know there's Transformers conventions? I had never heard of TFCon. Like, I, I remember reading, like, Wizard and Toy Fair magazine in, like, the mid-2000s and seeing something about, like, like a BotCon or something like that. But it was always so far away from me that I was yeah. just like, well, I'd never go to a BotCon. They were always um, in New York or L.A. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it was, it was just so far away, but um, really the focus of my podcast changed when my interests changed. So instead of being so focused on uh, music and movies, it gradually shifted to Transformers. TFCon for life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. TFCon is a great show. I, I really like what they do with it. It's uh it is such a great environment for uh for fans i have some like last time we went the first tf con i went to i went to all the panels and i you know everything but the second one i just went to hang out i didn't care about what i was buying i didn't care about 
shows. Or, of course, I wanted to meet Gary Chalk. And I wanted to get uh, Vince DeCola's autograph. But other than that, I just wanted to hang out with the people. Exactly. Like one of the things that I bring with me to TFCon is I have a um, you remember the the Fathom event screening of Transformers, the movie a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they gave out as a souvenir, a, a poster of uh, of the current Blu-ray DVD cover. And I took that poster and I've been having it autographed by folks specifically that were in the movie. So it's like, so there's a lot of voice actors that I've passed on and, and other personalities, but it's like, if they're in the movie, um, uh, yeah, I, I, terrific question from Shanti here. Are there cons in Seattle? I have friends and clients in Seattle and it's driving distance. Seattle is a really great nerd community. There's all aside from cons and small cons, um, there, there's all kinds of like nerd adjacent stuff, like nerdy bars and pool halls and things. Uh, we, there, oh, uh, we, we've got, we've got like a thriving pinball scene here where there's like pinball bars and stuff. Um, but, uh, specifically to the cons, uh, there's a couple things I could speak to. Obviously Seattle is the home of Emerald city comic con, which is, I, I don't know in terms of number of size, if it's not top 10 it's at least it's probably i said that backwards i was gonna say if it's not top five it's probably top 10 for nerd pop culture events in terms of like attendance numbers it's 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 not quite san diego comic-con but actually now that the city of seattle has spent two billion dollars expanding the convention center to where it's now double the size I'll be interested to see how Emerald city comic-con grows, but they, um, uh, it started as a comic show, a kind of back to basics comic con. And much like with a lot of these other shows, they grow, they get bigger, they get more notoriety and eventually get gobbled up by a mega corporation. They're currently owned by Reed pop. Um, so it, it is just one of the, it, it's another jewel in, uh, in Reed pops infinity gauntlet of, of mega conventions, but, but Emerald con is a, is a, is a great show. Like, you know, they, they bring all kinds of celebrities. It's, it's a great place to connect with fans and comic book creators. Um, so I, uh, yeah. And, um, um, I see in the chat too, yeah, I'm uh, seeing PAX West as well. Um, in fact, uh, it, it, PAX Prime. I mean, I mean, PAX starts here in Seattle. I mean, and, and a lot of folks uh, kind of forget that as well. But like on the on the Transformers uh, kick, Orlando. I'm planning on Orlando. Nice. Um, I might be going to Orlando as well. I don't know yet. I might be going to LA as well. Maybe I don't know yet. But um, for fans here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, specifically the Seattle area and close to it, we do have a unofficial Transformers convention. It's called Cybefest Northwest, um, and it's happening this summer, July 8th, so shortly after Rise of the Beasts opens. And it's uh, we're actually celebrating our 10th year. And the reason why I say we is because I, I'm part of the organizing uh, team there. So uh, so th- this is kind of like organic plugging, actually. But no, sidefestnw.com uh, uh, is the website. Um, you can find out about us. It's, it's basically it's a it's it started as a a dealer show. And that is the primary focus. Uh, we have vendors from all over the area come in. 
uh, lots of local homies, lots of lots of great cool stuff uh, there. Um, even returning vendors surprise me with the amount of stuff that they find in their collections to sell year after year. It's like, I didn't know you had that. Oh no, I bought it to sell at Sidefest. But uh, but no, it's it, it's a terrific dealer show. But in the last few years, we've added panels and discussions. Um, I've done some interviews with uh, some uh, artists that have worked for IDW that just happened to live in the Seattle area as well. Um, and, and it's a really great time. It's a, it's a medium, small show. So if, if like TFCon is a big, small show or a small, big show, um, Sidefest is, is medium, small. Um, you know, it's like, it's a big dealer room that that's basically a convention, uh, convention center, community center, big Freudian slip there. It's a gym. Like, like you could see like the paint for like the basketball and, and all of that other <laughs> stuff It has a very local homey feel to it. Um, so anyway, that's uh that's happening July 8th, um, at the Kent commons community center here in, uh, the Seattle area. If you want more information about it, the website is sibfestnw.com uh, and that's uh spelled S Y B F E S T N W. Uh, com, but yeah, it's a, it, that, that's a great local convention and there's, um, gosh, I could probably take up the entire rest of the stream, just naming off little shows, but, but there's, there, there is a thriving micro convention of a scene for nerds here in the Seattle area in the Pacific Northwest. If, uh, if you want to know more, uh, hit me up on socials. I'm, I, I'm at Mike Seibert radio. You know, I can, um, I'll, I'll DM you. I'm, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Uh, send yeah, me. Real quick. Uh, yeah. Mike needs some subscribers on his YouTube channel. Oh and, yeah. Uh, we'll put a link to the channel right now in the chat. If you guys want to check him out, he does his podcast where he does like live shows. He did one with me mm. Then he'll edit it and actually put it on his podcast. So you can watch the podcast on his YouTube channel and then he can link you to his, uh, different podcast sites and what's that on apple it, yeah it's uh it, it's pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts uh it's on uh apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify oh, wait, wait, wait. that's question 10 oh okay never mind i'll get a sec to, to say it again then but yeah any just just first just search for mike cybert radio using the spelling that you see on your screen and you'll find me i i'm i'm the the transformers guy not the mars rover guy uh so like the, the twitter handle at mike cybert is is the one of the guys that worked on the mars rover um so i was like you know what he can have the handle i'm i'm fine with that all right, we're rolling on down again. There are thousands of toy reviewers on YouTube. Well, let's see. How can I reword this for you? There, there are 2 million podcasts on Apple Podcasts as we speak. Yeah, what differentiates you from the rest? What's make you, what makes your podcast special? Now, I, for one, noticed you have voice actors on your show. You got random YouTubers on your show. Mm -hmm. It's just a it's a wide variety. I like uh, I think the one I watched or, or listened to was you had just a variety panel talking about Earthspark. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you nailed it. It's it's what makes me stand out. One is uh, there there are tons of uh, YouTubers, podcasters, internet personalities, but there is only one 
Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. And uh, my name is Mike Seibert, and it's my podcast. So, you know, really, the, it's the individuality. It is these different topics through my prism, my perspective, my kaleidoscope, uh, my friends, uh, folks I connect with. And that's what makes it unique is that it's me. I'm, I'm the only me. You know, it's like you're the only you, you know, and, and not not to be all, you know, holistic and kumbaya about it. But that's really what it is. It's like I'm the only person with my voice. And um, I, I learned very early that, um, you know, and, and very counterintuitive. You even talked about this a lot with your channel. It's like, you know, uh, find your niche, find your voice, find your gimmick, find your lane. And all of those, and and because of that, you're a very successful YouTuber with a robust fan base and lots of subscribers. The flip side of my leaning into variety is that there is an inconsistency there. So it's like, if you're coming to my channel just for Transformers, you'll find stuff that's not Transformers that might not be to your taste. Like I um, I took a train ride to Portland and watched a, a concert with The Offspring and did a review about it just because I wanted to talk about the experience. Now, if you're a Transformers fan and you could care less about The Offspring, that episode isn't for you. But what I what I've discovered, and and we talked about this a lot on on uh my show is that I've learned that my friends, my fans come to my show for me. They want to hear me talk about something. So it's like, even like when I do movie reviews, it's like, well, you know, so many other folks have already reviewed this movie. I, I don't know. It just feels like it would just be, you know, uh, entering into an already crowded space. And I have a number of folks that are really close with me that will DM me and say, well, don't be like that. We want to hear from you, even if it takes longer. I want to hear your take on this movie or TV show or action figure or concert or whatever. Um, but that's what makes me stand out is that it's, it's, it's the world through my perspective. And I like to create a platform to help independent arts. Um, you know, like I, I interview a lot of folks that have Kickstarter projects, you know, it's like, so yeah, let, let, let me give you a platform. Let me give you something that you can share on your socials to learn more about the project. And hopefully you know, maybe, maybe get some more eyes on something. And, and, and that goes all the way back to my college radio days where we played a lot of independent musicians. So I think that's kind of where that in, got ingrained with me interviews as promotion. So it's like, even now with the stuff I do with Mike Seibert radio, that's still kind of like tied together. So it's like, even when Patriot prime is on my show, yes, I'm looking to interview him and get to know him and and become fast friends. But I also want to let my audience know about another really cool channel that they might not have seen otherwise. Like, in yeah, fact, it's I, not an Alex Jones robot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I got some feedback from that even as, you know, like today. 
it's like I I had a um uh one of my longtime buddies, uh Anthony Brucali, uh TFU.info, hit me up. He's like, I'm really enjoying the the Patriot Prime interview, and it's really cool to get a perspective from somebody in the fandom that I've had no interaction with. Um, because you know, folks that have you know long-standing ties, you know, we 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 tend to get a little clicky sometimes, yeah. so it's so it's kind of cool to expand our circle, and even like the Venn diagram between like the folks that you hang out with and I hang out with, there there's a little bit of overlap, but but there's there there isn't a whole lot of crossover, which is which is why I really dig this dynamic with us. This, this is really cool. Well, that's part of the reason I started to sit rep a long time ago is I wanted to get to know other people, and I always, I always reached out to smaller YouTubers. You know, I, I was yeah. fortunate enough that mine, you know, had a big growth spurt there all of a sudden. I mean, it's it's sputtering now. I think me and the algorithm are not liking each other. But uh, I thought it was really cool to interview others to kind of see where they're coming from, give them pointers and, you know, all that cool stuff. And it just blossomed into what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Friendship, they say, is magic. Exactly. And bonded by plastic. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what's the one thing that you find hardest about being a podcaster? Oh God. I mean, th this is, this is probably the easiest question that you'll ask me that isn't the sound wave related one time management, hmm. time management. Time is always the enemy. Um, I, I spin a lot of plates and it, uh, and it, and it gets tricky. It's like one, you have to, um, be up on a schedule and find, find consistent time to do content. And I think, I think that's why, honestly, my outlet hasn't gained the traction that maybe somebody that's been doing this as long as I have should have. Cause I, I have what, like 69 subscribers on YouTube. I mean, I I've been, I I've been doing, I I've been doing videos for maybe a year, maybe two. I don't think I put anything on YouTube before COVID. Um, so it, so it's still me very much trying to, trying to find my way and figure out how I want to do that. And even if you go to my channel, it, it's, it's a weird variety. It's like, okay, he's doing a review here. He's doing a live got stream 74 there. now. Hey, well, well, thank <laughs> you to the Patriot prime fan base. Welcome. Uh, expect more of this <laughs> uh but no it, it's it, time management has always been a challenge for me i'm i'm naturally kind of a knucklehead and i don't i i mean i'm really good about dealing with what's directly in front of me not always what's what's on the horizon i'm i'm uh uh kind of kind of the opposite of luke skywalker when he meets yoda on dagobah he's like you know it's like uh, always to the future always on the horizon but never was he focused on where he was what he was doing so i i'm i'm the opposite of that it's like this is what's in front of me now here today i have no idea what i'm doing tomorrow <laughs> But yeah, time management and and everything takes time, whether it's um, uh, conducting interviews, editing, posting, social media, it all takes time. And uh, so if, if I were to give any advice to folks, it'd be just like manage your time and 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 don't forget 
yourself also. It's like, you know, it's one thing to like throw your body at a problem, but you've really also got to be cognizant of like family life, family time, because that stuff is important. This stuff is important also, you know, cultivating an an audience. Obviously, that's very important, but not at the risk of your family. So, you know, perspective is always important. I've glazed over with you too on your show that I run into (laughs) is the time management. When I got friends like Cato and Bert and Rodimus and Baldwin, those guys are cranking out videos like that. They also work at home. Mm -hmm. I I got a full-time job and I do, you know, that old eight, eight to five. And then I got the kid and basketball practice and the family. And I just can't crank out the reviews like them. And I'm like, man, and I was, it used to bug me, but I'm like, you know what? I'll get them done when I get them done. I have stuff I have to do. And my viewers understand that. Of course I had, who was it? My, this guy right here decided to do a whole tour of the United States. When I ordered him from Amazon, <laughs> this figure shipped January 16th from Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania to West Virginia. But instead of going that route, it went Pennsylvania to Arizona from Arizona to Indiana, Indiana to Illinois, just Mm -hmm. all over the place. He finally showed up yesterday. That's so funny. I I love that you showed that. I mean, the the map that you put up on social media, it reminded me of like Indiana Jones. It's like, da-da-da-da-da-da. Here's another guy that has a good podcast, Lazy Jedi, The Mediocre Show. Ah, I'll have to check it out. Definitely. Yeah, that will be fun. That'd be a unique group of individuals there. (laughs) That's awesome. We've had a good time on his show before. We all were going to do one a few weeks ago, and it's just the one night we finally had planned out. Just all of a sudden, everybody had to do something else. Like like you said, family life kicked in, and it's just hard to get everybody organized together. Yeah, especially with with a large crew. You know, it's like that that uh that Earthspark show I did that you mentioned earlier. There there was a half dozen of us. There was like six people on that show, and it took like a like an act of Congress and like all of the planets lining up and all the stars aligning for us to all be available at the same time. But man, that's man, why that we mind late at ten o'clock. Pretty much everybody's yep. home at ten o'clock. Well, yep. seven on your 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 end. Yeah, even so, but yeah, yeah, I. I I, I love the late night after hours streams like this. It, it's a oh, fun my, time. Mine gets weird sometimes. Like I told you, <laughs> we, we ended up having a four hour one one night. We ended up at two o'clock or something. Whew. All right. Well, let's wrap up our final question. Then we'll get into audience interaction and toy hacks sure. giveaways. Hell Last yeah. one. First and or it's not really quite. Yeah, it's a question. Do you have any channel goals, podcast goals for yourself? And where can my viewers find you? This is your time to plug yourself. Oh, well, thank you so much for the I opportunity. You earlier. <laughs> I, 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 I greatly appreciate the opportunity. This has been a blast. Um, and, and I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to get me out in front of your audience and um, uh, really cool folks that I, that I'm definitely uh, looking to uh, connect with uh, um, more. So, so I guess goals, you know, my, my goals have shifted. Um, originally, if you'd if you'd asked me even a few years ago, it would have been like you know to to get more subscribers or to get more views or to connect with more folks. My goals now are a little less definable. 
You know, it's like you, you can see the the gray snow in my beard. I I'm you know I I'm getting to a point in life where um I'm I'm just as content to do content and the folks that like it like it and the folks that like it find it and and share it and things like that. So so really my my goal is to continue to improve my presentation and to continue to do the best damn show that I can. So it it's not I can't measure it in subscribers or viewers or clicks or followers or whatever, but my goal is to put on the best damn show for the best damn audience on the internet. Um so so those are those are my goals and if you would like to uh, uh join me on that adventure uh, my podcast is Mike Cybert Radio Podcast and you can search it by one just clicking the convenient link in the chat um, if you go to my YouTube channel that that I believe has links for uh, for my social medias and and podcasts I do predominantly an audio podcast but I am kind of messing around with putting stuff on YouTube I do a lot of variety of live streams I found that uh, during COVID and beyond, when Zoom culture became normalized, suddenly folks were that that may have not been uh, guests that were out of reach are suddenly very accessible. Like I've, um, you know, I, I've had some terrific interviews. I, I had a great interview with David Kay, uh, voice of Beast Wars Megatron, as well as you know Vince Vince DiCola and Stan Bush and Flint Dilly, and you know, and all kinds of other folks that I've been able to connect with on video in a way that I I never would have dreamed of. You know, I never thought that that would have been uh, possible. Um, so a lot of that stuff lives on uh, on my YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, you can find videos there. And I've also recently I, I've connected with a um, headliner like uh, this uh, uh, headliner.com thing. You put in your podcast RSS feed and it transcribes or ports over the audio, converts it into a video. So it's so it's one more place to find. So if you see videos that have no picture and it just has like a, a sound wave, it, it's it's ones that uh, headliner has a uh, uh, converted uh into video because youtube is still a very powerful search engine like it's still like the like number one number two place to find music and i think that's still the same with like podcasts and and as well as uh youtube content so trying to get out on youtube a little bit and do a little bit more but anyway uh, my podcast is is Mike Seibert Radio. You can search it by just searching for my name uh, with the spelling on the screen, uh, S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Uh, you can also interact with me on social media. I'm pretty active pretty much everywhere. I'm on uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I, I think that's about it. But all those handles are are at Mike Seibert Radio with that same spelling. If you just type in S-E-I-B-E-R-T, uh, you'll find me. And coming up next week, just to share a brand new tease with a brand new audience, next week I am launching a brand new podcast, a spinoff, a companion to Mike Seibert Radio called Two Mikes, Two Furious, where me and another guy named Mike. Might as well say a cup. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. We we are. <laughs> we almost called it uh, uh, two mics, one pod, 
but uh, we thought that was a little too prurient for uh, for mm. the audience. But no, uh, me and a uh, um, author named Michael Andrews, uh, we are going to watch Transformers Animated because he is a, a super fan of TFA, whereas for whatever reason, it was a blind spot for me. I've never seen Transformers Animated in its entirety, and everybody that I've talked to as I've gotten more into the Transformers fandom, it's like, oh, you're a G1-er, you like Transformers the movie, and you haven't watched Transformers Animated yet? What's wrong with you? Go watch it. Everybody tells me to go watch TFA. So anyway, so we're going to do it for a podcast. Yeah, it's one of those shows that start off really, really kiddified because I yeah. didn't like it at first. Mm-hmm. But then the season one finale was awesome. It had some of the cool – I'm not going to spoil nothing for you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. There, there's some cool moments in that. So, so yeah, so so that uh, I was just going to wrap that up. That that's, that's launching next week. Uh, Mike Seibert, Michael Andrews, uh, two Mike's two furious uh, doing a recap discussion show of, uh, of Transformers animated. And uh, you can find all that at my socials as well. So um, yeah, again, uh, thanks so much. This was, this was an incredible blast and I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Excellent. I am so glad to have you on. Uh, once again, like I said, we had a great time last week, and I figured let's just continue it on. And I really appreciate having you on the set rep. Absolutely. Now, let's uh, draw for some toy hacks. Hell everybody, yeah! Everybody's uh, held on for that, and I give think, away stuff because yeah, I mean, uh, lazy, lazy Jedi took off, but like it looks like the the. Um, uh, oh, we got twenty six people in the chat. Yeah, folks are chat is hopping. I love it. This, All this right, so terrific. the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to give away the decal set. Now, stressing, this is just the decal set, not the toy, just the decal set. You can find her at Walmart right now. She's on the clearance rack for 25 bucks. So I saw a bunch of her at my Walmart today. It, so, it is it is so funny if I could interject for just a quick oh, second. I, I've, I've heard all of these tales of the Walmart clearance section. I gotta tell you the the um, collector population here in the Seattle area is so dense that stuff never goes on clearance. Like even uh-huh. like even like the the shelf warmiest, the peg warmiest of stuff. Like you you can't even get like um, uh, this ain't uh, a yeah. Friday. <laughs> yeah, on a Friday or no. Saturday, maybe. <laughs> maybe next time. But yeah, no, it's so weird. It's like so. Anytime I see po- folks posting about clearance stuff, and I'm like, I wish. Um, but yeah, no, it it just it all just get gobbles up at at full retail. Plus, our distribution kind of sucks. But but really, it's it's just that we have so many collectors in such a a um uh, small area. I don't need to stalk over out. I already got her. She just happened to be there when I went to Walmart today. All right. <laughs> so to enter to win override, their override decal sets, what should they type in, Mike? You're the guest. Give me something to type in for. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, geez. Keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go with a Soundwave Superior. Soundwave Superior. So this is what we want. We'll type it in right now, and it has to be typed like this. Remember how to spell superior? Yeah, right. All right, Soundwave Superior. In honor of Mike being on the channel, this is what you have to type in. Two capital S's, because the giveaway tool 
will pick that up. It has to have capital S for Soundwave, capital S for Superior. Get your entries in right now. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Now, last time I did this and I did the drawing, I won. <laughs> this is so cool. Oh, just wait. There's a very interactive thing I do this with. Yeah, this is fun. I, I try to do this. I haven't got any doubles in a while, so I forgot I ordered these. They just came in today. What's cool about, well, I'll go into Skullgrin later. He's got extra little Easter eggs with his decal set. Slow DK, take that hashtag out. There's no hashtag in it. Just Soundwave Superior. It won't pick you up. That's a no-go. A no-go. There you go. That's that's a that's a yes-go. <laughs> that is a yes-go. Give a, let's see, another, we'll get another, blah, another minute to get those entries in. Sure. And see, I just got these decals in yesterday. I haven't even had a chance to apply them yet. It's a nice set. Oh, see, I, I love it. Uh, Lazy Jedi pieced out, but then has miraculously returned to uh, participate <laughs> in the giveaway. <laughs> I think he was piecing out because he's not a big Transformers animated fan. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I think gotcha. That he was like, I'm out. Yeah. It's going to be fun to talk about regardless. I mean, oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, so we, we've recorded our first episode. And so, you know, we watched the, the pilot and it's a... Uh, it's interesting, but um, if I remember the pilot made me so mad because didn't the pilot show G1 animation at first? Yeah. And I remember yeah. watching that when it first came out and then those characters showed up. I'm like, this art style sucks. <laughs> I, mean, I, I hate modern art. Sure. <laughs> the, the voice cast is terrific. Though. Oh, I love Corey Burton as Megatron. So good. And and David Kaye still the only actor who has portrayed both Megatron and Optimus Prime. That that's that's crazy that no one else has has pulled that off yet. All right. So let me get my share screen up. We'll get ready for uh, the drawing. Let's see. Oh, they've changed it up a little bit. There we are. Ah. So, got you and me at the bottom. This is the giveaway tool. Yeah. You'll see the sit rep right there. I have Soundwave Superior typed in. And you can run this through StreamYard? Yeah. it's As you see, it's a StreamYard giveaway tool. Holy songs. So see, you can add, I, I'm learning. <laughs> yes. Yes, David K. All right. So, let's go ahead and do this. Let's collect the comments. Here we go. Soundwave Superior. There's 10 entries. Cool. 10 entries for this. And I'm going to make this full screen now. Yeah. So let's draw in three, two, one. Jonas 2022. Congratulations. You got. The set. You got the decal set. You need to reach out to me either via my Facebook page, my Instagram, or my Twitter, and I'll get a hold of you. So thank you very much. I'm going to screenshot that so I can share it on my social media as well. Where's my screenshot button? <laughs> there we go. 
So that is that. We'll draw again here. Whoops. Don't mean to do that. Oh, man. I got her winner. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, oh. man. He, he would have been happy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is pretty cool. StreamYard giveaway tool. You can stream right here in the uh, chat. And that way the winner is right there. And you, know, you can, he can get <laughs> slow DKs. Like, come on, man. He, he tries every time. Have you won any slow DK? I know you've uh, you, you've tried to enter these a lot. <laughs> hey, but we still got one more to give away. We still got one yeah. more. And I can't find the envelope. I'm hoping these are my extras. <laughs> give away the ones that I got. That's here somewhere. Oh, there it is. There it is. It'll turn up. Uh, all right. So let's see. The next decal set we're going to give away is the one for Skullgren here. This this figure really disappointed me because Skullgren's one of my favorite pretenders, and I was just expecting more from this figure. I do like the robot mode. The uh, tank mode's kind of eh. But it's funny, the more I look at Tarn that's coming out, yeah, his tank mode looks like a companion tank to Tarn. So I can almost see like him being part of Tarn's, what was the just decepticon just a division or something like that yeah yeah yep yep but anyway the uh easter egg for this set is toy hacks based his decal set on doom the cyber demon ah very so cool. once you get these attached to him you'll kind of see the uh, looks so if you're a doom fan and a skulgren fan i think you're going to uh dig it so in honor of that, for the Skullgren giveaway, mm -hmm. type in DOOM with a capital Perfect. D. D-O-O-M. I'm, I'm the DOOM guy in Fortnite. Oh, cool. My son got me playing Fortnite, and I actually enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Mindwipe87, still waiting on Submarauder from... Uh, from Hasbro. Yeah. Well, and it's so weird with the, the pretenders too, because now we got them in like all these weird different size classes. Like, you know, Mike, Skullgr you are going to take over for a second. So I can go to the restroom. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just finish my, uh, uh, uh thesis manifesto about, uh, uh, pretenders. Um, I, I like that in legacy and legacy evolution that they're now doing, uh, pretenders and some of these other obscure characters, you know, going beyond 84, 85, 86, you know, getting some like, you know, some of these 87, 88, 89 guys. But I, I don't, I don't know if I understand or particularly like that we've got them across different size uh, classes. Like why is Skullgren a deluxe, but Iguanas is a core class. Um is it possible that we're going to see an Iguanas as an, a deluxe later to where he matches with Skullgren? Maybe. Um, it, it kind of reminded me, you know, I, I had mentioned earlier in the show that uh, Studio Series 86 was really kind of the thing that that roped me back into mainstream Hasbro. And that that's a line that's really gotten kind of polluted and diluted uh, of late. But one of the things that kind of set me off was they did like the, the core class ratchet, which is, is a fine enough figure, 
but then they do Ironhide as a uh, Voyager. There he is. But and and even like the the cynicism of the Hasbro folks on the live stream. I think it was Evan. He's like, ah, oh, well, you know, they're going to get retooled as each other anyway. So it's like it 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 kind of makes me not want either. You know, like that cynical part of me. It's like, why would I want to get? a core class ratchet when you're going to do a Voyager to match Ironhide later and vice versa. Um, that's that to, to catch you up uh, Patriot prime that that was kind of uh, my extension of like why Iguanas is in core class to why Skullgren is in deluxe and just kind of doing this whole little, uh, uh, little clinic on, uh, size class and, 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 and if you watch my video, I like the core class pretenders better than I did the deluxe. They yes. just to pull it off so much better. Iguanas is a fun figure. He's that that little little motorcycle mode. He's he's great, and and I would submit that he's a funner figure than Skullgren. Mm -hmm. But you know what's going to make Skullgren a lot funner is uh, getting all all decoed out with that with that Doom themed uh, toy hack sticker set. Exactly. I'm hoping to get him reviewed this weekend. Yeah. Or applied and reviewed. Toy Hacks videos take a while. <laughs> you guys see 10 minutes of it where it takes me all day. Yeah. All right. So let's get ready to do this. Doom is the word. And we have 10 entries once again. All right. So let's blow this up full screen. And here we go. Drawing for the Skullgrin Toy Hacks decal set in three, two, one. Oh, 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 it's going so much slower this time. Oh. Horndale. <laughs> who? who? Horndale. That's who? <laughs> oh, that's lame. That's a dad joke. Uh, it's almost a hoo-ah. Almost. Hoo-ah. Got that printed, too, so we can share that. So congratulations, Horndale. The same rules apply. Get a hold of me via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and I will get these decals out to you ASAP. Who? <laughs> Who? And that's it. That uh, We've had a great interview show. We've had a Toy Hacks decal giveaway. We've had some fun interaction with the members in the chat. Somebody stuffed a dollar in my G-string. So, yeah, it's yeah. been, been a pretty good night. I can almost buy a drink now. What are they, like $1.75 <laughs> now? Wow. I, I got moved to West Virginia because uh, Buck isn't going to get me very far here in Seattle, unfortunately. <laughs> I think our machine in my office is the cheapest you can get a 20-ounce pop right now. It's a mm -hmm. buck 50 for a 20-ounce pop. Wow. Yeah, it's uh we're we're buck ninety-nine here on the cheap end. Uh usually two fifty. In fact, I bet you if I go upstairs, Thanks, I try. Appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at like 250 for for uh for a for an average soda. Wow. Crazy. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps everything up. Once again, I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Mike for uh joining me tonight once again for another night of fun and festivities and talking about Transformers. We an hour, almost an hour and a half here and yeah. two hours on his channel. So we had a lot of talk. We never got bored. We never overlapped. It was the same thing. So yeah, yeah. Make really sure and check his channel out. Make sure and check his podcast out. He actually did a pretty good interview show with me, and we delved into some of the history of what I dealt with 
being a, when I first started with YouTube that a lot of you guys don't know about. Yeah. Some of you do, but I, I had some challenges when I first started. I really went into with this one. So, Mike, any final words? Uh, no, other other than to just, uh, again, thank you and to thank the audience. And uh, yes, soda. It's like, <laughs> sorry. Soda pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, you know, we, we could do like a whole nother show about the the geographical food stuffs. And it's like biscuits I, and gravy and soda pop. Yeah, there it is. Perfect. Oh, sweet tea. <laughs> but yeah, but but no, again, I mean, huge, huge thank you to you and to your audience. This was uh, an absolute blast. Um, again, you can find me at uh, at Mike Seibert Radio. Uh, the spelling on the name is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. And uh, if you find me on any of the social platforms, let you know, tell me that you, you found me from here so that I can go back to my dude, Patriot Prime and say, they're coming. They're coming for me. So um, I, I'm grateful for uh, new members of the audience. And, and I really hope you enjoy uh, the stuff that, uh, that you find out. And again, until, until next time, tell all or one, make good choices. Exactly. And because it didn't happen tonight, mm. I have to let Mike see this. You know, what's coming. <laughs> oh dear Jesus. <laughs>And with that, that will wrap up this episode of Mike Cyber Radio. Thank you so much for being my friend and for hanging out and for listening. And if you want more Mike Cyber Madness, don't miss Two Mike's Two Furious Animated Transformers, where me and Michael Andrews watch and discuss Transformers Animated one episode at a time. We just dropped our episode on the season finale for season one, so it's a great time to get caught up. Uh, you can listen to Two Mike's Two Furious everywhere you listen to Mike Seibert Radio. And be sure and like, share, rate, and review the show. Let me know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. For my guest, Jason Morgan, Patriot Prime himself, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. We will see you at TFCon. And until next time, never hike alone and make good choices. Thank you.